Continuing our discussion about mental wellness across our industry. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. And we'll pick right back up now with the conversation we began last episode. If you haven't listened yet to part one, I encourage you to do so. But now I'd like to welcome back my guests, Lift Effect President and Clinical Director Matt McNeil, Mark Larson, CAM and NBAA Director for Safety and Flight Operations, and Aeromedical Reform Advocates Maddie Miller and Emma Lasko, who also co-host the Pilots Pandemic podcast that focuses on wellness issues in the aviation community. Emma, you and Maddie have spoken to hundreds of pilots and others across our industry. From those discussions, what initial steps would you recommend someone take when they're concerned about their own mental health or perhaps the well-being of a peer? It's hard to give advice on this because obviously getting help sooner rather than later is always better. We want pilots to seek preventative health, being able to talk to someone to know what your options are and knowing what you can and do not have to disclose with your AME is huge because I think there are a lot of things that people don't realize you don't have to disclose and also things that aren't disqualifying if you do disclose. So knowing those guidelines is really helpful. So wherever you can find a resource, find a resource, because you'd be shocked how many people know about this and or have gone through the process. It's always better to speak up. I think that's a testament to why we have the podcast in the first place is having a voice and being a resource is just so important. Matt, you've also spoken to thousands of pilots who have come to Lift Effect with such concerns. And one of the points you emphasize is that there are tools available to help spur these conversations outside the clinical environment. Peer support programs are set up exactly for that purpose. If you don't want to necessarily go right to a mental health professional, you can call up the peer support program and talk to a peer that's got some mental health first aid skills, but really more importantly, just understands your world because they live in your world. I think for corporate pilots, it's a little more difficult because we don't have peer support programs for those pilot groups yet. But Lift Effect was designed exactly for this exact question, is where do pilots go uh, with people that understand their environment and also understand the sensitivity of their position and the complexity of their position within terms of regulatory compliance and regulatory oversight. We have two courses, Mental Skills for Value-Based Living and Mental Skills for Flight and Ground Training Performance, where pilots can work on developing more resiliency in their life, in all aspects of their life, through these two courses in a group setting. And the coaching community for professional pilots that want to be able to kind of do some self-development without necessarily, you know, going to have to get counseling. But it's important that that pilots understand that reaching out for help and even getting a diagnosis is not the end of their career. The FAA is not on this pillage to try to go out and, and take every pilot's medical. Unless they have a, a permanently disqualifying condition, we get every pilot back to work. The FAA is about checks and balances. It's about following a protocol. And as long as pilots are willing to do that, there is a path back. And that's such an important point, because Maddie, removing that fear of sharing our concerns with someone can really help. 
Oh yeah, I think many times aviators just want to tell us their story because I think they're feeling like there's no one that will listen to them or, or who will understand, but they find some comfort in knowing that that's what we talk about on the daily. And I am always surprised how open they are with Emma and I. We've never met these pilots before. They sometimes live, you know, miles and miles away from us, but they open up and they're all ages. Uh, we have older men that could be our dads who are telling us about uh, their, their very difficult and vulnerable times. And I think every time after we get off a call with them, there is a weight that's lifted. And every time you tell your story, that weight starts to lift and lift and lift and you feel lighter. And so sharing that story, just even with someone that you don't even know, is such a huge stress relief. And I think it helps them come to terms with, hey, I'm I'm not alone in this. And there are people who are accepting and who are not judging me for this, because I think it can be very scary to share those vulnerable things about yourself because you feel that people will judge you. So I do think it's very important that they tell their stories to someone that, that they trust because it, it helps them come to terms with what's going on. Mark, what are your thoughts? If you're concerned about the well-being of a peer to openly say something to them, you know, hey, I'm, I'm concerned about you, you know, is everything okay? And then offer that, that non-judgmental space for them to really be able to, to offer that. I, I think that's a key piece for our community to really move forward on this issue is evolving our culture, if you will, to one where we can be open about these moments when we maybe when we need some time to take care of a mental health issue or to give somebody the space to, to take care of themselves, or to, to help them connect with the resources that, that do exist. Because um, that is the, the wonderful thing that's happened as this has evolved, is that those options, uh, those options are opening up. It's an issue that can be, you know, both personal and professional. There are, you know, so many folks that, that do have, you know, mental health issues uh, in this country, that, that it's really not far from anyone that that's the case. With that, I've spoken with so many folks on the phone, our member companies, um, you know, through this, through the challenges, and and whether and you know, much like we heard from Maddie and Emma, you know, that that folks really open up about the issue um, as you kind of have that moment of vulnerability with them on maybe you know the things that are going on in your own life that we can we can find those ways to really relate. It's become so clear to me that this was an issue of importance, you know, from these conversations where you're you're really understanding the dilemma that folks are faced with or, or the feeling that they have that that their ability to get help was very challenged. That's why it's, it's been really important to improve the process to, you know, when you hear the stories of folks saying, Hey, you know, I, I'd get help, but I'm worried about what the impact is on you know my livelihood and what that's going to mean for my family. And it's, it's pretty easy to see how these things can uh, have reverberations throughout the industry. I'm thankful that we're evolving the conversation to make sure that folks are getting the help that, that they need um, in whatever form that looks like. And that ultimately, you know, we're, we're improving Uh, health and wellness broadly across the board, too. More of our conversation in a moment, including progress being made to destigmatize mental health concerns both within our industry and on the regulatory level. But first, a word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with Matt McNeil, Emma Lasko, Maddie Miller, and Mark Larson, and our discussion about mental wellness in the aviation community. 
Mark, what is NBAA doing to inform this conversation and hopefully to better match the aeromedical process to the needs of our industry? There's a few key pieces in, in the work that we've been doing. First, conversations like the one we're having today, you know, the, this kind of educational piece to help uh, make sure that folks first understand that, you know, it's okay. You know, we, we all have mental health issues or, or can probably know somebody that does uh, if, if we're not dealing with them ourselves and that it's okay to get help first and foremost industry and, and that we've talked about what are those options that you can go for relationship counseling and the FAA, you know, doesn't expect that to be disclosed. Coaching is one of those things we've heard from Dr. Northrup, the federal air surgeon, that you know that is an approved sort of exception um, to the requirement to disclose on your medical. Uh, certainly, if you need counseling, that even if you have a diagnosis, these things may not be uh, you know permanently grounding or anything. FA may ask some questions or, or want to see some documentation depending on on what's going on. But again, you can work through that process and, and continue to you know, have a career uh, in this industry as well. As we think about, you know, sort of the next steps, we've, we've also talked about peer support here and how do we find ways to help keep our community connected. There are some larger business aviation organizations that have, uh, that do have their own peer support programs. Uh, these days, we're, we're recognizing, though, that that's not really practical. If you think about the majority of business aviation flight operations, there may be a single aircraft and, you know, two, three, four pilots kind of thing. That can offer some forms of support in those cases, but but it may not offer the sort of uh, anonymous level of support that you could find in some other cases. Uh, we know as well that that's an important piece that the collegiate flight training programs and a lot of flight training schools are also looking into this and, and uh, encouraging mental wellness and uh, mental health support among folks there. So they're going to want to see those kind of programs in business aviation in the long term as those folks enter our workforce too. Beyond that, working to better understand where the FAA policy uh, is on this and and where we can shape that to help the FAA understand the cases that are very common, what's most important and needs to be disclosed, and, and what's the case where really the, the best thing we can do is make sure that folks are getting treatment for it and minimizing the complications, uh, evolving that. And then, you know, further working as we, we get to things, even with Congress on the Hill, as we approach FAA reauthorization, and how can we make sure that we've got policies and the requirements of the special issues process well in hand to, to make that much, much easier for pilots and, and really help address the, the backlogs and the, the technical challenges that the FAA has had that complicate pursuing the issues and pursuing the treatment uh, through the special issues process. So all those things are, are key pieces that we've been working at MBA to, uh, to improve access to mental health care and to the workforce implications of all of this as well. Emma, you've taken another bold step toward bringing about revisions to the aeromedical process. Tell us about your change.org petition directed to the House Aviation Subcommittee. I started the petition because I was really curious if anyone out there would even really agree with my message or if anyone kind of was seeing the same flaws that I was seeing. And I realized that this was way more serious than I thought it was. And that was the same thing with the podcast as well. Like just beginning to talk about these subjects made me realize like this was just way bigger than I realized. Now we have almost 13,000 signatures and now it's just become the kind of like evidence is what Maddie and I call it. We really try and focus on our three pillars of reform, time, transparency, and cost. So we've kind of set out with those three things being our biggest barriers to disclosing, or at least pilots' biggest barriers to disclosing. 
I've dealt with quite a few FAA uh, doctors and physicians and regulators and even attorneys. They see their job as to protect the federal airspace system. I think that when we're talking about how to create change with pilots and how to create regulatory change, it's really important that we use science. And the current policies that are in place are not scientific. Their policy is any level of depression or anxiety or mental health issue, any clinical level is too dangerous for a pilot to operate an aircraft. And I can tell you that at Lift Effect, we treat 150 to 200 new pilots a month. Many of these pilots have clinical levels of mental health issues and have been flying with that for years to decades. And they are not bending metal. They're not even getting violated. They're just suffering in silence. And so I am all for using the science. And I think there needs there's a huge call to where we need more data on what are the actual effects of flying with depression and anxiety and what are their actual impacts to safety? Because without the data, the FAA is just going to say, no, it's too dangerous, which isn't based on the data. It's The data doesn't support that hypothesis. They're basically trying to support the null hypothesis, which is bad science. I think in order to get change, the FAA responds to data and there is a lack of, of data on this. So, Matt, as we work to collect that data, what are some alternative strategies for addressing mental wellness that can help pilots in particular? I'm a firm believer in reading. <laughs> you know, I think uh, reading is a great way to be mentored. And so there's lots of, of really good self-development books that allow people to kind of work on their own mental health at their own pace maybe with a professional. So I think encouraging pilots to read the right things. I think podcasts like the the, the pilot pandemic, con I just discovered it. I didn't even know it was there. Lift Effect has a podcast. You know, we've got almost uh, nearly a million listens in five months. Um, I think just getting the word out that mental health is real. Here's some tips and you know tips that you can use to try to deal with yourself to create more psychological flexibility in your life. I think especially with with social media, we have all these different channels to be able to create change. And I think that's with all the the terrible things about social media, that's one of the really good things is to just get the word out. We have we have the ability to get the word out uh, in ways that we just didn't, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Maddie, you and Emma have spoken to many people on your podcast who have been directly affected by this issue and all too often were left behind, dealing with the consequences of their decisions. One is Ann Hauser, the mother of University of North Dakota aviation student John Hauser, who died by suicide in 2021. And you've both spoken to wives and other family members of CFIs, commercial airline pilots, and others who also chose to end their lives because they just didn't see a way past what they were feeling. Ann Hauser is part of our stakeholder group, and her story about John is very compelling. He actually left a note after he lost his life that was begging for medical reform because he could see the writing on the wall. All of those are very shocking and, and very sad stories, but those are the realities. And those are only people that have come on our podcast to share their stories, but we know of many more who took their lives. We just are unable to share their stories because we've not connected with their families. So those are the ones that keep Emma and I going and pushing for change because 
this is the reality of the system. You can go seek help. It's not going to be a career ender, but I think it's important to emphasize for somebody who's young, or even if you are extremely educated on this subject, I think the air of not knowing what's going to happen once you walk through the doctor's office doors is what gets people so hung up. I think there's pros and cons to everything that we're experiencing now with coming into such an era of being self-aware about our own mental health. But I think at the same time, we also get ourselves a little bit scared about maybe something really is wrong with me. Anyone at any point in life could feel that way. And that's what's really concerning to me. And I think that's why a lot of people are not disclosing. Matt, you recently launched a podcast at Lift Effect as well. We get hundreds of questions from pilots. And what stirred the the impetus for the, the podcast was, I wanted to be able to reach pilots that will never reach out for help. They're just not going to do it. Or they're sitting on the fence and they're saying, I, I don't think I want to do this. I said, fine, let me just see if I can provide as much value. I'll kind of almost act like we're in a session together. This is what I would be telling you if you were my client. I'm just going to tell you and you can, maybe that'll be enough to help you. Mark, we touched on this a bit earlier, but I know this is a personal subject for you too. John Hauser was a member of the same social fraternity that I had joined at UND when I was up there. And so I had learned about his death uh, very early on, you know, in essence, um, within about 24 hours, as I was seeing the social media posts and, and things like that. And, and the chapter was still really trying to understand what had happened. I think it's one of those things that too, for me, it was an inflection point of that opportunity to say, look, some somebody felt so strongly that they couldn't get help in this case that he took his own life in, in that situation, feeling really no other way out. I think for me, that was a real key inflection point here and in saying, look, we, we can do something right in, in my role of this, this opportunity with policy work that I do with the FAA. If there's anything positive that can come from such devastating stories, it's that they do inform the work you are all doing to improve this situation. And Matt, just to hit this point one more time, because I really don't think we can emphasize it enough. Talking to someone about these issues and emotions really can help. I have four consults today with pilots, and it's the same story over and over. It's the same. The day-to-day -day grind of living with mental health problems is devastating. It's like a slow torture for pilots. And the FAA is in a difficult bind. They're trying to make sure that, that pilots are safe. The pilots are in a difficult bind because they want to, you know, they want to comply. Pilots don't like to lie. So there's just a lot of reform that, that needs to be initiated on, on all of these levels. Everybody's got a difficult job to do. And I think we just got to find a way to work together to have us be sensical and logical and use good science. I think as human beings, we are meaning-making machines. We're cultural beings. We're meant to live in community. There's lots of data that shows that isolation is one of the number one factors in, in physical and emotional decline. And so I think we want to be able to share our stories. And that's that the, when, when, when we do, we get better. And so a lot of times what I will have clients do, or I encourage pilots that are not ready to reach out, if they just are, are still too weary of sharing their story, just sit down and write out your story. Just spend a few minutes writing down on a piece of paper what's going on for you. Uh, there's a wonderful exercise called morning pages 
which came from a book called The Artist's Way. And I, I assign it to lots of my clients. I say, you know, every morning, just wake up and write down three pages. Just start writing and don't stop until you hit three pages. And if you don't know what to write, just write down, I don't know what I'm writing. But eventually, just that process of letting some of that, that pressure out helps you be able to start to sift out what your story actually is. Maddie? As Matt was saying, when you share your story, it, it really does help you de-stress. It, it lifts the weight off your shoulder. The more you share it, the better you feel. But I also think, at least for our platform, sharing it to other people, to other aviators, it helps other people. And you may not even know sharing your story is going to help people, but we've had many conversations with the people who come on our podcast because they are, they are nervous to share. They're afraid that the FAA is going to come and take their medical away for speaking their truth with the air medical process. And it does take a lot of fortitude to come on and talk about your your mental state or just going through the special insurance process. So I just think sharing it helps other aviators. It helps you understand yourself a little more each time you tell the story. And it, I do believe it will lead you to seek the care that you need. And it breaks that stigma of silence we don't always know what the impact of our own story is going to have in other people. And that can be for the good too, right? By, by sharing our story and those situations where we, where we sought help or how we sought that help can be really that door opening opportunity for, for other folks to get the, the care and help that they need. You know, in essence, kind of just opens that opportunity and eases the mind uh, towards that. So I, I really see that as, as a key piece. And then even with the air medical system, and I think Matt kind of touched on this is that, I mean, we, at the end of the day, we all get better by sharing the stories. People have gone through it. Maybe it's not for the same issue, but but the fact that they have talked about their experience and that it is possible to get through it, you know, whatever the cases or the conditions may be, it makes it, I think, in, in some ways, just that much easier to know that there, there can be a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah, even if it's a difficult process. Indeed. And Emma, you don't know who's there to help until you reach out for that help. There are so many people that are going to be in your corner that you wouldn't have thought maybe there. And there are a lot of resources out there. You just got to look for them. I wish there were more, but if I were to put on the sunglasses and look at us the way that the FAA is viewing us, I might view us as controversial. But I think what we're doing is actually kind of almost helping out the FA in a sense where we've created such an openness that I am hoping that it allows people to be honest with themselves and honest with their AME because knowing and hearing people also go through it helps people feel like it's way more attainable to go get help. I think for me, that's been the most important part. And nobody should have to lose their life over fear. It's important to note there is encouraging news to share on the regulatory level about mental wellness concerns. NBAA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, and other organizations both offer resources to assist pilots, and they're both working with Congress to include guidance on pilot mental health issues in the upcoming FAA reauthorization bill. And in early May, federal air surgeon Dr. Susan Northrup announced at an industry conference that the FAA is revising its own procedures to make it easier for pilots grounded by mental health concerns to regain their certifications and to encourage anyone needing help to get it. 
I'd like to thank my guests once again, and also to thank you, the listeners, for being part of this extended conversation. Be sure to follow the latest developments regarding mental health in aviation at NBAA's newly updated mental wellness resource, available at nbaa.org forward slash medical. You can find the Pilots Pandemic podcast on Apple Podcasts, other streaming platforms, and on social media. And you can also reach out to Matt and his team at lifteffect.com, and be sure to check out his podcast as well. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Right, we got him inside. We're slowing back to 170.